Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents, a weekly podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and educate people in the industry. Our host Peggy is the most industry-savvy headshot photographer I know. She shares insights and interviews top industry professionals. New episodes every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Welcome to Headshots by Peggy Presents. I'm Peggy and I've got David Rains with me and we are going to talk about script writing and all sorts of other stuff. Hi, Peggy. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, David. How's oh, thank your, you for having me. How's your week going so far? Um, not, it's, it's Monday. Um, well, so so far on Thursday. They don't know that we're recording it on that's Monday. That's true. Well, so far it's okay, except for that my cat threw up. Um, oh. Otherwise, it's fine. That's, that's not good. That's not good. He's on all the medications and he doesn't want to take any of them. I, I don't, I'm not a big medication. I, I don't blame him. I, I don't blame him. I don't blame <laughs> yeah. him. He, he, he has a cat. He's like, I don't do this. I eat, I sleep and I lick myself. What's this medicine nonsense? Medicine stuff. It's terrible. <laughs> well, David, you are an actor, you're a director and you are a screenwriter. So I want to appreciate talk that. I want to talk to you about screenwriting because okay. I think actors, um, not only do screenwriters need to learn screenwriting, but actors need to understand because um, I'm, everyone knows not an actor, but I do a lot of self-tapes. So I read a lot of scenes, I read a lot of things. And it seems to have like little codes like hidden in there that you're supposed to know what they mean. So let's start by decoding, like what is the dot, dot, dot versus the <laughs> dash, dash, dash versus the beat versus the then, like there's all these code words what does that actually like mean in a, in a script? All right. Well, before I tell you what they mean, I'm going to let you in on the dirty little secret of acting, which is this, is when you get the script, once you've been cast, forget the, forget the reading. And even if you're doing an audition, I would probably say this. When you get the sides, and this, is, this might be heresy to some people, just cross all that out. Just cross all that punctuation out. Cross out the dots and the dashes. Cross out the parentheticals. Just cross all that out. Um, I know there are probably casting directors who might be watching this going, this guy doesn't know right anything. And I wouldn't blame them because we're talking about auditions possibly versus actually performing. Um, but those things are not character related um, necessarily. They're acting related, which I know seems counterintuitive, but the whole point of acting is to be the character. So if you are concentrating on punctuation, you're not being the character. Um, so there's that difference, first of all, between just sort of acting it out and being the character that you're supposed uh -huh. to be. And I know this is not the answer you were hoping for. Um, but number one is cross all that stuff out. Now, having said that, be aware that if you're in the, in the audition and the writer and or director and or casting agent is in there and they're looking at this going, he didn't, you know, he's not taking that pause, they might call that out. Um, it's always a gamble. Here's, here's what I always tell everybody. It's always going to depend on who's across from you always going to depend on who's across from you. There's never one correct answer. And that's maddening for anybody in a creative endeavor because we want that template that we can just go, I can use this tactic in every situation and it'll work. No, because we're all individuals. We're all individualized and you never know what's going, what the person on the other side is going to be expecting. Now, having said that, sorry, go ahead, Peggy. No, I was just going to say, when I first started doing headshots, I started going to casting workshops. I started going to acting classes and starting to try to like figure out what um, made the perfect headshot, what made the headshot pop, what do casting directors like? And the one thing that I immediate reali immediately realized is casting directors are humans 
and every single one of them likes a different thing. So there's no blanket statement. So I always, my rule of thumb is know the rules, know the general yeah. standards, Perfect. and then put your own personality into it. And if it's a fit, it's a fit. If it's not, keep going, you know, yeah. do your best to impress whether it's a fit or not. So that's, but, but, but I didn't mean to cut you off. So go, no, no, go no. Ahead. There's this adage that, you know, you have to learn how to be yourself, but on purpose, which is a lot harder than it sounds to be yourself on purpose is like, well, of course, I'm always myself on purpose. No, you're not. You're yourself instinctively. Trying to do that deliberately is an entirely different animal and it can trip people up, um, including me. I really get tripped up trying to be myself on purpose. If I have to, like reciting a piece of dialogue, I had to do a video for my website and I really, well, you helped me with this. Yeah. I really struggled with this because, and people were like, where's your personality? I'm like, oh my God, that's right. I'm just reading. I have to be me, but I have to be me deliberately. And I was like, what? I hate this. I hate acting. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, but anyway, back to your point about punctuation. You, so you want to know what they mean specifically, correct? Right. So okay. Like, what's the difference between dot, dot, dot versus dash, dash, dash? Okay. So I know, what, I know what, you know, um, beat, I know, give it a beat, but what's yeah. the difference with it? Is it, it's still just a beat? What is, what is And it's thing? funny when you say a beat, even that doesn't have a specific connotation. I mean, it me a beat means a beat. How long of a beat? How long of a beat? A how long, long, how long of a beat is this for me as an actor? How long of a beat is this for me as a writer? It's just, it's so crazy. When some, because every, and again, everybody else has their own idea of what a beat is. And you just have to sort of find in any creative endeavor, whether it be writing or whether it be acting, editing, directing, for me, the number one thing you have to find is rhythm. You have to, which to me is more important even than pacing, because pacing is deliberate, rhythm is felt. And you really have to feel the art. People come into this and they want to know the right answer. And it's just like, there is no answer. It's not like two plus two equals four, you know, two plus in, in a creative endeavor, two plus two equals whatever number you decide it is. And you have to make that make sense yeah. instinctively, yeah. you know? And so, to, to, and that's, and that's the, and that's the crazy part of all of this creativity stuff. Um, I work with um, Robin Martin, our editor, and I have a different rhythm than he does. And so we sometimes go head to head. He's the editor. You know, he's got the final say and he will fight me sometimes. I'll, be, I, I'll say, we need to do this. And I'll just go, no, <laughs> like we're not doing that. And when he does that, I know it means no. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm getting way off topic. I told you my ADHD is going to make me just wander like crazy into the People meadow. People that watch this understand because I, I often go down several rabbit holes. And yeah. Well, there's so much. Yeah, there's so much to this and it really is so collaborative and there really are so many different personalities that to try to nail it down into specific things is impossible. Um, one of the, the first thing I teach in my screenwriting class is tools, not rules. And that is because every time there's a rule for screenwriting, you can find an example that breaks it and breaks it successfully. And the point is you understand what the rules are and why they work so that then you can break them and know why and how to do so. Um, so anyway, back to the dot, dot, dot. About photography, you have to be yeah. trained in photography so you know the rules so that you know how and when it's okay to break the rules. Because if you don't know the rules in photography and writing and anything, if you don't understand the rules, 
then you're just throwing spaghetti on a wall, hoping something yeah. sticks. You're Absolutely. not intentionally breaking a rule for impact or, in, you know, for something. So that's, I like that you said that. But instinct plays a big role in that too, because a lot of yeah. people will say, I don't, I never looked at rules. I never read rules. I never followed rules. I just did this. And I think for some people, they've been doing it for so long or maybe started so young that they just sort of absorbed what worked for them and put it into practice. And so they're following the rules, whether they realize it or not, just because they, yeah, it just, just by osmosis, they've soaked it in. Others need, others need to kind of learn it and learn why it works. Um, and this, that's, the, that's the frustrating thing about structure is you have to learn it in order to break it. It's, 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 it's crazy. Art, art is crazy. I don't know why any of us do it. It just makes us all insane. Um, anyway, so back to the dot, 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 dot. Yes, yes. I'll let I'm never going to get a definition out for you all. <laughs> I think it's me worse than you actually, but go ahead. I'll let you take credit. Okay. Let's start with the, let's start with the dot, 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 which is an ellipsis. So an ellipsis means an incompleted thought or an incompleted statement, meaning that I, as the character, started to speak and said, you know, Peggy, I was at the store the other day and I just stopped talking. That's an incomplete thought. A dash dash means it's an abrupt cutoff. Somebody interrupted me. Peggy, I was down at the store and, and then you no. cut me off. Exactly, exactly. And those are the hard things because that, if you have a block of dialogue that has a dash dash, you better know what the rest of that sentence is supposed to be. And if you don't know what it's supposed to be, you better create something because you can't rely on your scene partner to cut you off. You right. can't just, you, and, and you've seen this. You've yeah. seen when somebody says, hey man, I just wanted to, and they're waiting for the person to cut them off. It's like, no, <laughs> you better complete that thought. And if your scene partner doesn't cut you off, you better keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's the basic difference between those two things as, okay. as far as so actors are concerned. Dot, dot, dot is you're in your ellipsis. own world. Ellipsis. Ellipsis. Is yeah. You're in your own world and you're like, uh, you just lose. Not necessarily in your own world. It could be just for whatever reason. Maybe you're like, I don't think I'm going to finish this because I'm going to get myself in trouble or just whatever this. Or it just doesn't need to be set. Yeah. You know, either, either, you, either you lost your train of thought um, you are, you know, you trailed off into nothingness or you deliberately are not finishing your train of thought because it just doesn't need to be said. You're leaving the implication for the person on the receiving end. Gotcha. And yeah. the dashes are you're being cut off. It's a the dashes is someone's cutting you off. That's okay. the, there's an urgency. So that usually indicates, you know, that, that that's a sort of an implicit conflict between the two characters in that scene. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that was helpful. It, it was. So I, yeah. I, I think you should put a code in the, in the description that says, jump ahead to this time code for the definition of ellipsis. I know, right? No, you have to watch the, the 15 minutes of us just rambling to get I to the point. I told you, bag of cats up here. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you told me that off camera. He said, Peggy, uh, there's a bag of cats in my head. They're all fighting to see who can say what. So, you know, I stole that. I stole that from Mark Ruffalo in Avengers, but you know what? It's, and, and sadly, he was using it to describe how insane Loki is, but that's literally what's happening in my brain. So I'm insane, y'all. Thanks for watching the program. Thanks for watching. The, thanks for tuning <laughs> into the podcast. Um, that's funny. So, but um, what's the difference between then and a beat? What's, what's the difference there? I'm sorry, what's the difference between what and a beat? Like when it says then, or if it says beat, so oh, like first of all, if anybody writes then in a screenplay, 
I question their screenplay abilities because the next thing is automatically then. Right. Whatever happens next is by default then. then. Um, so I've, I don't think I've ever seen that in a screenplay and I hope I never do. Okay. Um, but a beat just means that you are taking a break. It's a brief pause. So there's a difference between a beat and a pause. A pause is you are deliberately stopping to let the moment breathe for however long. A pause is longer than a beat. A beat is you might be saying something and then you might have a, like a revelation or a thought in your head. And this is just an example. You might have like a revelation of thought in your head that makes you stop for a second and then go, oh, hey, you know, it's like I was down at the store the other day and they have popsicles beat. Oh, by the way, we're out of popsicles. Um, that's a stupid example, but <laughs> it's the best one I can think of. But again, a beat, the length of a beat is going to be different for every person. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's say you're an actor and you're your <laughs> agent or just somebody sent you a script and said, hey, read this. I want to know if you're interested in being a part of this project, read this uh, screenplay, read the script, see what you think. What are some obvious red flags that this is a poor script, this script, this is not well, written, oh. not going to be, it's going to be problems ahead. Like what are some, yeah. what are some red flags? Well, first and foremost, if you're, if you're reading something that doesn't connect with you and you don't want to keep reading, that's a red flag. Any, anything that you're reading that you don't want to continue reading probably indicates, uh, not probably, it does. It indicates that you're just not interested in the material. Um, I would recommend if you are interested in the material, if you start reading and it seems to be connecting with you, read the whole thing. Absolutely read the whole thing. Even if it's a 180 page, three hour movie, just read it all because you need to know completely what you might be getting yourself into. And you can't just sort of cherry pick your scenes with other characters, because if you don't read the whole thing, you're not going to understand the other characters and you're not going to know how to play against those characters. We're different with everybody. I'm different with you than I'm with Christine, than I'm with my sisters and so on and so forth. So for me to just go, oh, I'm going to play this scene like I would play with Peggy doesn't make any sense because the scene is opposite my sister. So it's like, no, 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 that's not going to work. So read the whole thing, understand your role, meaning how is your character relevant to the story? I always say story instead of plot. I might slip and say plot, but I always mean story. How is your character relevant to the story? And make sure that you play that. And that's tricky because you never play the ending of the movie because you don't know how it's going to turn out as a character, but you right. play the moment. You play the moment. Um, that was a really long-winded answer. But number one, you'll, you'll kind of know. First of all, as an actor, read screenplays. I say this to screenwriters too. Read screenplays. If you want to be a screenwriter, you're going to read screenplays. If you want to be an actor, you better read screenplays because that is going to be your roadmap for how you're going to play the character and what they're doing. Um, and once you've read enough good ones, um, you'll know whether or not something is well-written, something's kind of amateurish, um, keep an ear out for, I don't want, it's hard to say bad dialogue because again, it's all subjective, but you'll know when characters are stating their feelings about something outright, um, which we rarely, rarely do. It's this thing we call on the nose dialogue. Um, uh, what's his name? Robert McKee has a really good example of this in his story where he has two characters at a romantic dinner and they're gazing into each other's eyes and they each say, I love you, I love you. And they mean it. Like it's dead on the page. There's no conflict there. 
Um, stories are conflict because stories are drama. Drama equals conflict. And if you have a scene where there's no conflict, not necessarily between the characters in the scene, but at least the characters in the scene and something else, if there's no conflict going on, there's no story progression. It's just laying flat. Um, so those are the kind of things you want to look out for for your characters. Also, we all have our sort of individual um, moral, moral guide, I guess. And if it's something that you don't agree with that doesn't fit your sort of moral compass, don't do it. It's just going to be agony for you. You're not going to change the writer's mind. You're not going to change the filmmaker's mind. You're not going to go in and go, hey, you know, you really shouldn't do this. Just decide if you want to spend time with this material because it's going to be a lot of time. <laughs> did that answer the question? Yeah, it did. Yeah. That was really good. Um, I think another thing you said, there's always, you know, conflict. That yeah. As as humans, that's what interests us is the comedy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, even in an upbeat comedy, there's still oh, yeah. conflict. So when you're reading a script, how do you kind of tell if it's more dramatic or if it's more of an upbeat, like when you're just reading it, like how do you get that feel? If it's, am I, I don't even know if I'm asking the question. No, you are. I mean, I understand your question and it's, and it's hard because, um, it's going to depend on the writing. You know, it's really going to depend on the writing. Most of the comedy will come out in the dialogue. Um, that's not always necessarily the case. I mean, if you're trying to write a Buster Keaton scenario, you're not going to have any dialogue whatsoever. It's all going to be, for me, comedy is about absurdity. And absurdity has many different levels. Absurdity could be as extreme as Monty Python on the Holy Grail, where everything is so topsy-turvy that nothing makes sense, um, but it's done in a way that plays on your expectations. You know, the, hearing the coconuts, the galloping horses and having it wind up being coconuts. You expect one thing and it turns out to be another. It's, it's, it's simply absurd. It's not like the coconuts come out of nowhere. They're serving a purpose in the absurdity or the absurdity could be a little bit more subdued like the 40 year old virgin that sort of amplified reality it's like taking our fears um and sort of amping up amping them up to such an absurd place that you sort of connect with people it's it's so hard to define what makes good comedy or good horror, whatever. Because every, again, everybody's going to have their own different notion. Right, exactly. But as far as whether or not you think it's funny, that's up to you. If I'm an actor, I'm reading this, I got to go. Do I think this is funny? Do I connect with this material? If I don't, am I the right person for it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point because um, not every actor is a fit for every role. And it doesn't mean that I think actors have this perception that if they audition for something and they don't book the part, it means they're a bad actor and that's yeah. absurd. It just means they're not a fit for that particular character at that particular moment in time. Um, they're, that's, you know, uh, we were watching something on YouTube the other day. It was like, who like almost got cast or who turned this role? Oh down? yeah. You know, and the way they were saying it was, you know, this probably, you know, their career would have been so much better if they took this role because this film was so great. And I was like, well, that's stupid because the film might not have been great. Yeah. Starred the other actor. Not that they're not both brilliant actors, but the way it was finally cast all gelled, like it, it worked and it became something brilliant that we all loved. 
But to say that because actor A turned it down and actor B, you know, went to a blockbuster doesn't mean that it would have been a blockbuster. If right. I yeah. It's, it's funny, you we went to a blockbuster and my mind already went to, oh, the poor guy got relegated to working at the local blockbuster. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's what you get for not booking the role, dude. Nope, that's it. But, you know. It's true, though. I mean, um, I, and I've turned, and I've, and I've been given scripts and I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. This isn't the right role for me. This isn't the right script for me. I don't, I don't fit this. And, you know, and, and sometimes I might even have to ask somebody if it's a script that I really like and I just want to be yeah. a part of. I might just have to, I might ask Christine, I might just go, um, is this, is this work for me? Like, can I fit into this? And it's hard because as actors, we don't want to turn anything down. No, actors want um, to say yes to everything. Absolutely. And I'll say this, if you are, if you go out for, um, if you submit for an audition and you get it, audition, 100% audition, unless you get the sides and you go, oh yeah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But, you know, then pass or audition and then maybe don't take the role. I don't know. That's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be up, up to you as an individual. Yeah. Did that I answer the question? Yeah, it did. I don't, I don't even know what question I asked, but I think it was yeah. a good one. I was just reading today that um, Wyatt Russell auditioned for the role of Captain America way back in 2010 and didn't get it. And he just got cast as Captain America in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. See? <laughs> yeah. And and it was it could have been a timing thing. It could have yeah. been the other actors that the chemistry just was right. It could have been that he was too short or too tall yeah. to be <laughs> well, I mean, I mean in retrospect, it's hard to imagine anybody but Chris Evans as Captain America. It's so difficult. That was such perfect casting. Exactly. Yeah. But, but Pierce I Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan in the 80s got screwed out of James Bond because Remington Steele, based on the popularity of him getting James Bond, they renewed for another season. So he didn't get the role. When it came back again, he got the role and he was better prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about timing and chemistry. And I mean, there's just so many factors that play. Luck and perseverance, but perseverance breeds luck. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So um, what are some tips that you have for, for, a, an, a, 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 I can't even, words aren't my thing today. I just, yeah, words aren't my thing at all. That's why I teach screenwriting. That's why you teach writing. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody that wants to be a writer and they're yeah. like, Hey, uh, I want to be in your class. I want you to help teach me how to be a screenwriter. What are some tips? Like um, I would say, obviously, it should be a passion. I think that about anything. If you want to be a banker, I think you should be passionate about it. If you want to be a janitor, I think you should be passionate about it. That's just me. That's my life in general thing. Like, do what you're passionate about. But beyond passion, what other, uh, what other tips do you have for, for people that really want to write? They're like, I think I got this. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people who join my class don't, don't watch movies and have never read a screenplay in their life. They're just kind of curious. And I'm like, that's great, you know, if you're curious, but if you wanna be a screenwriter, if you really wanna be a screenwriter and you come to my class and your knowledge of movies is exceptionally limited, I question whether or not you really wanna be a screenwriter. If you wanna be a screenwriter and it never occurred to you to read a screenplay, I question whether or not you really wanna be a screenwriter. Now, if you wanna learn about screenwriting because you're curious about the craft, that's something. And I would never discourage anybody from taking my class for any reason whatsoever. Everyone's all, you know. I did stand-up comedy class once just because I wanted the experience, not because I yeah. thought I could do stand-up comedy, but because <laughs> I wanted the experience. And it was literally scarier, the scariest thing I could have ever dreamed of doing, so. I, but, I thought I wanted to be a producer, but I watched Christine do it. I'm like, nope, I'm good. You fine. do it. You're you're excellent at it. It's your, it's your wheelhouse. I'm I'm good. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
I can see what you're you're saying because if you're yeah. if you're like, hey, I want to be a photographer. I've I've never played yeah. with cameras before. I'd be like, really, like that's kind of odd. But I mean, also, if you can't, if you want to be a photographer and you and you can't tell me anything about, forget about the equipment. If you can't tell me anything about photography, right? About why you want to be a photographer, about what it is about How photography it that lights you up, yeah. even if it's just a description of the photo. I don't care if you're tech savvy. I really don't. I don't expect somebody to come in my class and know how to format a screenplay. I'll teach them that. Right. But what I want to know is what excites you about storytelling and what excites you about wanting to tell stories? What and specifically in movies. Yeah. And it's just like I don't watch movies. If you don't watch movies, you don't want to write. You don't want to write for them. It's just right. that simple. <laughs> it's like I want to be a songwriter, but I don't listen to I songs. Don't listen to music. Doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. But, so, um, so, but yeah. that goes back to what I said. That's passion, I think. That's passion. For people who truly want to be screenwriters, yeah, you need to, you, I don't even want to say passion because, but I want to say at least interest. Okay. Um, but the passion will keep you going. Yeah. The passion will keep you going. Because one of the first things that I teach people, because I, I say, name a screenwriter, name a screenwriter who isn't also a director. One, two, three, go. Nobody can do it. Maybe one or two people can do it. And they'll all list the same person, Robert Town. <laughs> because Robert Town, no Chinatown. But it's just like, if you can't name a screenwriter, you know, then you know that you're not in this business for the fame. You're yeah. in it because you want to write. Because nobody's going to know who you are unless you're directing your own material. <laughs> and if you're directing your own material, all bets are off. You can write whatever the hell you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you have to, as a screenwriter, basically you have to, you, you have this baby, you wrote this. Now you have to convince a, a director yeah. producer that, that this is this is something they should take That's on. something else though. So there's two stages to this, which yeah. is one, learning how to tell the story. People think learning how to tell the story and pitching the story are the same thing and they're not. And I know there are people out there who will disagree with me. If you can't pitch your story, it means you don't know it for sure. If you can't pitch your story, it means you don't know your story. But knowing your story is not the same thing as knowing how to tell it. It's exactly. one thing to be able to say, I've got this great idea. Let me tell you about this in this two minutes. It's one thing to be able to do that, to be able to put that down into 90 to 100 pages. It's a completely different animal. Yeah. Yeah, because to take to take an hour and a half, two hour long story and convince me in two minutes that it's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's a, a lot. Whole different, that's a whole different um, set of skills, I think. Uh, yeah, completely. So do you teach that in your class. Do you teach both? Do you teach how to, or do you just strictly teach screenwriting? And it's just, yeah, you know? it's just the craft of, of screenwriting because no one's going to have a completed screenplay by the end of the class because everybody right. works at their own pay, own pace, which is what I have the workshop for. So you're not going to pitch your script if you don't have a script to pitch. And even if you have a script to pitch, if you only have one you're not doing yourself any favors because if you pitch it to someone and they pass and they ask you what else you got and you don't have anything else, right, your time else. is done. Right, so, because they yeah. may kind of like it or they may like yeah. your writing style, but they just don't feel like that particular story. Yeah. So if if they say, yeah, what else do you have? Then that's like, you've got them hooked. Like they're interested. Right. They're not, they're not ready to buy this, right. but they're interested. But it might not be in their wheelhouse. Like if you don't, yeah. you know, let's say it's, you know, A24. A24 is not genre specific, 
but they want to buy interesting stories. So if you pitch them a story that's not quite what they're looking for, because they'll do anything from horror to drama to whatever, but if they go, what else you have? And you're like, and they're like, we're actually kind of looking for a comedy. Maybe you have a comedy or maybe they're not looking for a comedy, but you happen to have one and go, well, I have this comedy um, that you can do. And it doesn't have to be comedy. It could be any genre. Um, but yeah, if you don't have anything in your back pocket to show that you can do it more than once, essentially. Exactly. Because yeah. that says a lot about you in whatever profession you're in. Like a lot mm -hmm. of people can get lucky once, but can you get, can you write more than, can you write something else that's good? Right. Or did this particular script take you 25 years and you're never going to write anything again? And do you have more than one story to tell? If you only right. have one story to tell, do you want to be a screenwriter? Or do you right. just want to tell this particular story? Just want to tell this particular story. Yeah. These are all really good points, David. Thank you. That's a well, there's a difference between being a screenwriter and writing a script. Writing a screen. They're not the same thing. <laughs> one is a vocation. One, the other is an act. I don't want to say activity. I will, I will say activity. One, one, one is an activity. The other is a vocation. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I can see that. That, that makes sense to me. So what, um, what does a screenwriter, like, do they put out a new, new script every year, every two years? Like, what is it? What does that look like? What does it look like oh, being wow. a professional screenwriter? Like, I know it's different, but like, yeah. tell me what that looks like. So, the way screenwriters work is this. I'm going to start on a script. I'm going to get through act one. I'm going to get through halfway through act two. And then I'm going to get super frustrated and want to pull my hair out because I don't know where the story is going. So I'm going to scream into my pillow and have a cup of coffee. And then I'm going to set it aside and I'm going to start another story. And I'm going to get halfway through that script. And then that's going to do that to me too. So then I'm going to go back to the first story and try to finish that one. I'm going to get about three quarters of the way to that one. And then I'll have another idea for a, for a third one. So I'll get started on third one. The third one, I'm just going to finish from start to finish because I have that idea in my head. So that's how screenwriters work. Not it's every screenwriter. Cats, yeah. the cats in just, the it's not just the cats in your head, but I mean, every screenwriter hits this wall. You know, it's, it's like the runners hit a wall. Screenwriters can hit a wall where they're like, I just can't surmount this. I just can't do it. And sometimes the best thing to do in that situation is to literally put it away. My first screenplay, I hit that wall. I put my screenplay away for almost a year before I came back and I finished it because you kind of need to get away from it for a while. As a screenwriter, you're constantly going over the same material again and again and again and again. And it gets to a point where you can't process it anymore. It's not like acting where acting, you go over the same material again and again and again. So it becomes second nature. Uh -huh. And if you're doing it on stage, you are alive because you have to do it in front of these people. The energy is right there. You're literally living this experience. Um, so, and you're committed. You have to go through. If you hit a wall, someone has to save you. You have to save yourself on stage. But you have material to help you through it. Right. As a writer, for the most part, it's a very solitary experience. You're mostly doing this on your own. You might ask some people for some input, like, hey, I don't know what a nurse would do in this situation. Can you help me out with that? Or, hey, Christine, my character is doing this and this and this, and it's not making any sense to me. Can you help me out with that? Um, but mostly when you're actually getting down to the actual writing of it, you're kind of doing it yourself. And you might hit that wall. If you do that, it helps to step away and go, I'll work on something else. And you might have a flash of genius when you're in the middle of a screenplay and go, I need to tackle this right now. I need to get something on paper right now. Um, so there's no short answer after the long answer. There's no set number of screenplays that a screenwriter will 
crank out in a given time, unless you're on staff. Um, and and that and for TV writing, it's a completely different beast. Um, I'm not going to say I know anything about TV writing. That's Christine's domain. I don't know that domain. TV writing and screenwriting are not the same thing. No matter how many times people try to convince you that they are, they are not. TV writing is much more rigid and TV writing is much more schedule driven and you better crank out your, your pages week by week by week if you want to stay employed. Now that's not to say if you get handed a screenwriting, I teach spec screenwriting um, because quite frankly, if anybody comes into my class and they've already got an assignment to, to write a screenplay, they probably don't need me. They're going to have a guide to help them through that. But spec screenwriting means you're writing this in the hope that somebody someday is going to want to buy it. And more and more spec screenwriting is becoming more kind of just a resume, not necessarily someone's going to buy it. It's not to say they won't. Um, and, and spec screenplay, no matter what anybody tells you, spec screenplay is not dead. As recently as 2017, Liz Hanna was nominated for an Academy Award for The Post, which was a spec screenplay. So it's not dead, but by and large, spec screenwriting is going to be mostly a resume builder for other things. Um, but anyway, again, there's no set amount of screenplays that you're going to write in a year. It's all going to depend on you and the stories you have to tell. That was a long answer. Like. <laughs> Um, that that's I think that's why I like the show that I do is because it's just conversational and you can ask a question and then 10 other questions get answered while answering that question yeah. so it makes it easier for me all I have to do is ask, ask one question and then we just start talking so it's it's actually uh, that's actually the the secret plot to my uh, show is just hoping that it just yeah sparks a conversation so I know that makes that makes sense. And I knew there wasn't going to be an exact, um, you know, number, but I like how you explained it. And I like that's really the answer I was looking for is, you know, what is ex what is realistic and anything is realistic. Yeah, um, I think we said before we got started on this, you know, I said most of my answers to your questions were going to be it depends, <laughs> which is true, maddening, but true. There's no there's no magic answer. And, and that's this entire industry. That's yeah. literally the answer to every question in the industry. Well, it depends. Like, yeah. You know, Ask any two screenwriters. I, I will tell this. If you want to learn screenwriting, go to Film Courage on YouTube. Or if you listen to podcasts, go to Film Courage. It is the greatest wealth of information from working screenwriters you will ever get. And there are certain, they have interviews of screenwriters and they have interviews on topics, which they'll pick a topic and they'll just cut together the answer from a bunch of different screenwriters. And by and large, you'll have certain topics where the screenwriters could not agree if you forced them. Right. And you'll have some topics where every screenwriter absolutely agrees 100%. Um, and so anybody that comes in and says, this is the absolute answer, I just want to go, you're insane. <laughs> it's the absolute answer for you because it works for you. But for you to inflict that absolute answer on another writer because you think that's the only one way it gets done is crazy. So there's only one, there's only ever one right way to write a screenplay. And that's the one that gets it on the page. Exactly. That's it. Anything else, anything else is free, is fair game. Whether you want to write it front to back, whether you, if some people can sit down and will literally write their screenplay from beginning to end. Some have to map it out in an outline form. Some, if you try to map it out in an outline form, they will just not actually write the screenplay. And some like me are all over the place. I might start with the scene in the middle of the, of the script and then jump back to the front and then to go to the end and then fill in the blanks in between. And often as I'm filling the blanks in between the scenes that I started out with, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. Because it's, it's, there's, just, there's just no one right way to write a screenplay. 
one time um, several years ago, uh, I, I think I was in therapy and my therapist said, you should write a book, like you should write a, a book. If nothing else, it'll be good therapy for you to write. So I was like, well, that will be like a fun exercise. I'm not a writer, let me just try this. And I realized quickly that not only am I not a writer, but I am not a writer. Like I had, I don't know, like I got the most appreciation for writers because like you go to tell a story and you're like, oh, well, this story doesn't make sense unless I tell them this. And yeah. then it, and wait, I got to tell them that for this to make sense. And then I realized, screw this. I'm not even writing in a journal yeah. style. Like I, stories, <laughs> my stories life are will always be a mystery because it will never be written down because yeah. it was like, whoa. Stories are causal. They're not incidental. It's not like this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. It's like this happened. Therefore, this happened. Yeah. Therefore, this happened, you know, and it's just, and, it, and same thing if you're writing backwards, this happened because this happened, because this happened. Um, and people who like to write bio, biopics, um, and yes, I say biopics, not biopics. I hate biopics. I say biopics. Um, people who write um, biopics get into the trap of, well, this really happened, so I have to put it in there. It's like, no, because you really can't tell the life story of a person in two or even three hours. It's absurd. Yeah. Absurd to think that you could fit decades of a person's life into a couple of hours. Right. What you're doing is you're selecting a certain segment of that person's experience and you're condensing it into a story that you think reflects that person's experience. And if you're going to the movies for a history lesson, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, and this is why you get things like, and people are a bit more savvy to this now because we have the internet and people can access information quicker. You know, there was the whole controversy about Bohemian Rhapsody. It's just like, he didn't know we have a, he had AIDS until after the Live Aid concert. It's like, yeah, that's true. And I understand why you are upset about that because it's not how it happened chronologically. But if you did that in the movie itself, and I'm, this is not me trying to de defend Bohemian Rhapsody, it's just an example. The movie ended because that's how stories are told. The movie ended on the Live Aid concert because it was supposed to be a celebration of Freddie Mercury's life and Freddie Mercury celebrating his own life in the wake of this horrible news. And that's the story that was being told. Um, I always say stories are the quest for truth, not fact. You know, it's, it's the opposite of what Indiana Jones teaches his classes in The Last Crusade. If you're looking for fact, go to a science class. Stories are the quest for truth. Be authentic to your characters and be authentic to your story. And it's really tough when you're telling the story of a real life person because there are so many variables involved. There are things that by necessity you have to omit or you have to condense. And if you're creating a villain, you can really do damage to real people. Um, one of the things I tell people is beware of character assassination or defamation, whether you intend to or not. If you intend to, Godspeed, I can't say anything about that. But you can do real damage to people if you're not thinking about what you're doing. As recently as Ford v. Ferrari, the character of Leo Beebe, played by Josh Lucas, is played as this sort of smarmy, evil corporate guy who's kind of smarmy and evil for no real reason. And he only exists to sabotage the main characters. And people who knew Leo Beebe are like, he's not like that. This is not the Leo Beebe I know. What are you talking about? This has real life repercussions on people. And I think a lot of times writers don't realize that. And you really should because you wouldn't want somebody doing that to you just because you happen to be incidentally a part of somebody else's life. Right. I'm sorry, that was my screed. <laughs> perfect, that is perfect. So um, I obviously I don't plug people's things here on my show, but I do. Uh, it's okay, I plugged it enough for myself. 
and stipulated that you you do teach um, screenwriting. Yes. Are you doing that um, via Zoom right now? Or are you I'm doing, doing it via Zoom? I'm not sure when in-person classes are going to be resuming. Um, uh, Christine and I have been inoculated. Our daughter's only had her first one yet. Um, but even still, you know, so much is up in the air right now. And just because we've been inoculated doesn't mean we're not a danger to others. Um, right. So we're still, you know, trying to be cautious. Perfect. So it's well, all it's all via Zoom, and I and I and I don't think people miss anything, um, except that I know I know interaction is much more fun. Obviously, it's more fun, but I think it the Zoom classes have really um, opened a door for people yeah. in New York to take your class. I I was I had somebody in my class who was from Belgium, and I'm like, you're in Belgium? This is phenomenal. What time is it there? What are you doing awake? Right. <laughs> and, and I mean, as much as I love the in person things, um, I feel like this is a golden time because people yeah. are able to take classes no matter where you live. Like you can take a class uh, for people that maybe you wouldn't be able to get in their class live. So, you know, so that's good. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you will, even when things open up, consider uh, a zoom option, even with the. Oh, for sure. I would, I would, I would always have a zoom option for yeah. people who want it, depending, you know, depending on how, how, how much demand there is for it once we open right. up. But yeah, if people from anywhere around the country or the world find value in it, um, then go for it, you know? And I always say my, it's only if you find value in what I have to offer. Um, and I like to teach, I try, I like to teach from positivity. I do not subscribe to the notion that you should be constantly reminding people how hard it is and how bad their chances are. I don't know how that's helpful to anybody. I, you, you, in, I think in the back of their brain, they've convinced themselves, well, if I can talk them out of it by telling them how hard it is, then they won't get shocked when they actually get in there and see how hard it is. Let them experience it for themselves. You know, this it's like, don't, we're not children. Don't protect us from the realities of the world. You know, let me know why you're excited about this. Let me know why you got into this. Let me know why you still want to do this. Don't let me, don't, don't come at me with your bitterness. Just don't, just don't. I don't, I don't have to, I don't have patience for that. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Um, I feel like um, I'm always saying this. I have mainly my audience is actors. So I, I usually address the actors. I know other, other people watch it as well, but I always say that actors should have, at least a taste of everything um, because yeah. I think it makes them a better actor. So even if they're just curious, like, you know, this is like a class that they could just take and just kind of understand the mind of who's writing the scripts that they are absolutely being a part of and maybe understand the importance of the writer's idea of the character and their interpretation of the character and how that merges together. So oh, for sure. I just feel like everybody should know everybody's job because it makes us all, because there's so many parts in making a successful project, you know? If you're an actor, yeah, yeah, if you're an actor, take take courses on directing. If you have not watched, if you get a masterclass subscription and watch Ron Howard's class Ron Howard. on directing. So and, and I'll tell you why, because if you already know, if you already know a little bit about directing, about filmmaking, the first four or five episodes are probably not going to do it for you but there are four episodes in that class where he literally physically goes through shooting a scene in various ways as a as a high profile high budget uh, uh scenario as an independent scenario and as a run and gun scenario he just goes through these very different ways of shooting the same scene and it is fascinating once he gets that on the set 
And as an actor, it's really fascinating to watch as well because you understand your role. And if you can't hit, if you can't hit the stage knowing your material and knowing what you're going to do, you're going to see in real time how that wastes time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, learn editing. When you're on set, time is money. People don't really realize that, you know, when they when, and uh, when you're talking about doing free work versus paid work, and that's always the sort of fight about that. But if you if you don't have any experience and you want to get on set to learn, more power to you. But understand that if you disrupt that set, you are literally costing money. You, you are 100 percent costing money. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> not everybody on a project is doing it for free. And your yeah. time is money. Time is a lot of money. So that's those are all important things. I was so going to say, to finish up your certain point, I just apologize. But also not learn screenwriting, learn directing, learn editing. Really learn editing because you will learn so much about rhythm and pacing and the shots that editors pick and why um, and why they might pick it because of you as an actor. You know, um, sorry, I apologize. I know we're running out of time. No, I can no, go no, on forever. No, I'm a chatterbox. <laughs> this is my show. I can do whatever I want. That's true. You make the rules. You're the boss. I make the rules. Um, but, uh, but no, I think it's really important. And I'm going to put uh, your description and a link um, to where people can find you below. Is there anything else that you want people to know about you personally that we didn't, that we didn't cover? Oh, that's a good question. Um, okay. I'll let you in on a really dirty little secret. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. I love teaching screenwriting. I love dissecting stories. I really do. I, it's a thing with me. I, I, you know, I go in, I'm like, that was a really good twist. That was a really good story. I just love doing that. Personally, I don't enjoy the act of writing. I have to really make myself do it. I will, I will, I'm the kind of person that will really only write if I'm inspired. Um, and so I'm not like a working screenwriter. I, I, I prefer the acting side of it. So that's my dirty little secret. Uh, so when people come in, it's just like, if you want to learn this, just because you want to learn how storytelling is done, more power to you. I'm not going to tell you how much to write or, or whether or not you should write this or that. That's going to be up to you as an individual. So that's my dirty little secret. And, and that's great. And I think that I like to hang out with people that are passionate about what they do. I say yeah. that all the time. It's your passion that interests yeah. me. I don't care if you're a janitor, if you're passionate about it, you can tell me about how you cleaned the toilets and how cool it was. Like I'll The most boring subject in the world. If you come at me and you're excited, I'm going to be like, yeah, business. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't care. I love to see that people are doing what they love. I feel like I've been fortunate. I've always done what I love with, with my life. And I think everybody should do that. And so I love that the, the passion that you have. So that's, you know, that's, that's absolutely it. Well, We're they, creating, man. What's better than creating? This is the bomb. I said the bomb. Is that, I mean, I, I'm going to have to say that. that? I have to bleep that out. It's 2021, David. You trying to get me like censored from YouTube or what? what no, I'm doing? just saying, I think that's just outdated. I think I just dated myself. It is really outdated. <laughs> yes, I am 100 years old. I will tell you my secret another day. <laughs> the bomb. I know. I did not even dub bomb, just the bomb. It's just so sad. It's so sad <laughs> when I try to be cool. <laughs> I, I don't even think that was cool when I was in high school. I'm just saying. <laughs> I do, don't ask me what's cool. I will never know. I will literally <laughs> never know. <laughs> Well, David, thanks for hanging out with me today. And thanks Thank for, hanging for having out. me. This was great. This is really fun. So I want everybody, because we're a podcast now, we're not just a video show. Congrats. So sure, you go find Headshots by Peggy Presents on wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and subscribe. 
Go to YouTube and subscribe and click the little bell so that you can see our smiley faces every week. And most importantly, leave me tons of comments, share this everywhere, but seriously, have an amazing week. I'll see you next week. Thanks, David. Thanks, Peggy. I really enjoyed that. We did that. it. <laughs> Text or call today so that we can get you effective headshots that you can use as part of your marketing strategy. Headshots by Peggy, how can I help you?